Welcome back to the long awaited return. Who's that on the other side of the mic? I hear. Oh, it's your it's your boy Chuck. I, no I think I'm back. I think I'm back. Um let's get after it. Oh no way. I'm, I'm thank you for having me. Thank you for having me back. Thank of you. Of course. Of course. The long awaited return has finally come back. Chuck and Shoop, the most live program on the Shoop Sports Broadcast Channel history is back in action and we are going to kick things off with our most famous segment some dubs and some l's, l's. let's kick yeah. it off chuck what is your w oh w uh, i mean if if you're not a fan of tennis uh i think you need to start being a fan of tennis this time around because we got a new sheriff of town his name is Carlos Alcarez from Spain, and I think he just won his first Wimbledon at the age of 20, which is absolutely amazing. And the greatest part about it is that he beat uh, Novak Djokovic. So, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. No, Djokovic won the past freaking three years in a row at Wimbledon, and now Alcarez comes in. It started off very it was actually one of the greatest matches i ever watched started off re- very hot djokovic won 6-1 in the first uh set the next the next set alcaraz comes back one wins 7-6 and then alcaraz fucking dominates the third set 6-3 and then the fourth set novak ties it up and then we go to the fifth set final set and then uh alcaraz just gets ahead of him by two more points or, or sets or whatever. See, I'm still a novice to tennis. I don't know what, I don't think I know what I'm saying about the sets, but the <laughs> match was absolutely electric. Um, Alcarez, huge W. Huge W Wimbledon all around. Definitely. It was an amazing match. And to touch on that, a uh, huge stat that I saw, Alcarez is the only, in his lifetime, only four players have won Wimbledon. And it's the big four of Murray, Jokovic, Federer, Nadal. Mm. He's he's the only one to win besides those since he was born. Mm-hmm. Insane stat. Uh that's yeah. It's it's a new it's a new time now. Thank God we needed some change of face there. Yeah, uh, that's what exactly what I'm saying. Right. Speaking of changing faces, so so for my dub NL, um, since we haven't done this in a while, I'm just kind of using the whole summer as my like, yeah, my my base for this segment. Yeah, and I'm gonna it. give a W to what we do and that is we're independent sports media and independent sports media really got a huge credentials boost from the past ESPN layoff that happened a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. many big names like Susie Colbert, Jeff Van Gundy um, Keyshawn Johnson I believe a lot yes. of guys a lot Max of Kellerman fam- yes a lot of familiar faces on ESPN have been phased out simply because they're just not entertaining enough. Why else would they keep Mark Jackson and Booger McFarland and Stephen A. Smith? Like, why else would, would these guys stay? Why is this a W, though? Well, I think we're now moving towards an era because what ESPN is realizing is people don't tune into them anymore because their their shows are all based around hype, and it really isn't much about sports talk so much anymore. So now we all have the ability to go find our favorite analysts wherever, whatever we like to hear about and hear how they talk about sports. And all this is going to do is just keep saying that movement forward because now ESPN looks foolish. ESPN looks like they don't have their shit together and people are going to go 
to other outlets to find your sports media. So shout out to all the independent creators out there. I know a lot of them are professional athletes. We are not, but we're still going to talk our shit. So yeah, that's facts. Huge dub to all of us. Let's hit that L and I'm going to jump into my L first. L of the summer, I believe. Well, there's a lot of drama been going on in the NBA, but maybe one of the biggest drama headlines was not involving anything on the court, but rather off the court with Mr. Zion Williamson, who seems to spend a lot of time off the court than more than on the court recently. You know, he's been dealing with injuries and stuff, and, you know, they want him to come back when he's ready, blah, blah, blah. You know, you'd think he'd be rehabbing you think he'd be putting all his mental energy and just trying to get back into game playing shape but no he's just steady fucking around with porn stars and yeah. when i say fucking around with porn stars i mean having kids with porn stars and enraging other porn stars who he has also done things with and you know there's this whole big rant uh by mariah mills which was the which is one of the porn stars in question who she believes she was cheated on with she and stripper as, and stripper. She's a stripper too. She even went as far as getting a, a tattoo of the name Zion on her face to show her obsession. But this isn't about her. This Zion is attracting headlines for all the wrong reasons to start his career. He's been injured. He's had weight issues, and he's been super effective when he's been playing. But that is what is the most frustrating part. He's not playing. It just doesn't seem like he cares enough. You know, a lot of guys coming into the modern NBA nowadays, they it seems like it's more about the fame and the the allure of everything and everything that, that comes with it rather than actually focusing on the basketball. This is how you get guys like a like a Max Struess as an example, like an undrafted guy who balls out and helps lead his team to a finals appearance because he's actually got shit to prove. The, the guys that actually have shit to prove are out there just fucking around. And it's just a huge waste of talent. And it makes me further believe that Zion doesn't take his career seriously. L to him. Huge L. Um, to add on that, I totally agree. And I think we're living in a time it's more about the money than it is about the honor or accolades. Uh People just want to get the money and then not even want to show up and put your uh, your performance where your mouth is, you know. So it's, it is really sad at the same time. 100%. My L, um, I was going to say um, that the Reds just got swept by the Brewers and the Reds went from scoring like 16 runs a game to now the their three out of their last four games they scored a total of three runs and just got swept by the Brewers, but... I'm actually going to go with a huge L this summer to the your sports better out there. It's called the Nerfy No Run First Inning. Um, that bet is absolute trash, and it's a huge L, and I think it's toxic to the society of betters. So I, it's not even controversial as that Bud Light, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but the, ner- the Nerfy needs to go. If I see one more person, it's like, oh, you got to do this Nerfy. Like, oh, two of the best pitchers, no run first inning. Like, dude, like I've seen, I saw, shoot, I saw a video the other day. Person's like, I'm putting $100, no run first inning on this bet. I'm like, I bet the next clip is the first pitch is a fucking home run. First pitch is a fucking home run over yep. the fucking center field fence. I like, saw that. <laughs> That's I just put like maybe ten bucks on it. I don't go crazy. I just I do the I do the betting for the juice, not the you know not the money. You're not gonna win shit. 
But I, that's happened to me before, and I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? I'd rather sweat in the final inning or two minutes of a game, whatever the time constraint is, than watch the first pitch go over the fence, and then I'm mad for the next hour. So huge L to the Nerfy. If anything, do Yerfy. Yes, first inning. Please be my guest. It, it's it's so silly in general because you're you're betting you're base it's you're just betting on one inning score. You're not betting on the whole variance of the entire game. It's just it's just one it's, inning. It's it's it, yeah. It's far from a lock. But yeah, way for, yeah. People are like, ah, it's a lock. No, it's way, it's further from yes, yes, most definitely. Um, so you got your cap on. I mm-hmm. forgot to put my cap on, but now I have my cap. On. So yeah, it's time for our. Maybe second favorite segment, cap or no cap. And we're going to touch sports from across the country. And by across the country, I mean the three main sports. But I have uh, three interesting topics from this summer that I think would be very interesting to touch on. So let's get into it, cap or no cap. And we're going to begin with football. A lot of the contract disputes this offseason are involving Austin Eckler, the now released Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. What do all of them have in common? They play the position of running back, a position you were once very familiar with as well. Mm-hmm. But it seems like NFL ownership has came to a consensus that eh, we we saw Melvin Gordon, we saw what happened with that, we saw Le'Veon Bell, we're not really going to give a shit. So my question to you, so cap or no cap the owners are right they shouldn't have to pay these running backs no matter how good they are uh i'm gonna have to absolutely go with um uh yeah no cap so they're not lying like they're 100 yeah i said i wrote down cap i uh misinterpreted no i'm no cap i'm no cap on that um the owners are 100 right um and we live in a capitalistic society, so I mean the market sets the value of the running back itself. So all the other teams or whatever, like whatever they're paying, that's going to be the price. And these running backs asking for more are kind of overstepping their boundaries because, I mean, the league is changing. It's not a running back league anymore. It's a throw first league. Um, and these running backs also deteriorate so much because they get the ball and they're getting hit every play. So it it is at the same time, I get it. It is unfair, but like it's not a valued position anymore. So you have to kind of be more of a pass catcher and a runner than just a full ba- full blown fullback. Like there's no fullbacks anymore. No one's who's playing fullback. Who are the there's two fullbacks in the league, right? Uh, Kyle Juszczyk and fucking uh, what's his name? Richard on the on the Ravens. So yeah. we're there's no it's it's not going to be ground and pound in the future. And it's sad. But at the same time, the game is absolutely getting more bigger. So guys are going to get hurt more. Right. And what's ironic about this situation. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go no cap as well. Yeah, no cap. And what's ironic about the situation is, you know, Melvin Gordon kind of set the foundation for this argument for the owners because he held out and in his place, Austin Eckler proceeded to blow up and transform the Chargers offense. Mm-hmm. And now Austin Eckler is in the same situation. Well, the Chargers already learned from that mistake three years ago, or not learn from the state, but learn from their success. So they're not gonna they're not gonna be the ones to set the market. If someone else wants to do it, try to set the market, it's it's on them. 
Yeah. What I will say, it's it's a team to team situation though. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, like yeah. I don't think running backs are worth it. But for example, for the New York Giants, the Giants have zero leverage of Saquon Barkley. Saquon yeah. Barkley is more than just a running back. He's like the face of the franchise. He is he he makes the offense go. I mean, they they really don't have receivers on that team, but he he's the heart and soul. He's he's the electrifying playmaker. They he's the best player on the field. Yes, they don't have a guy behind him. So mm-hmm. in a case like that, you don't have to go overboard. But I would give him a little bit of a long term deal, like maybe like at least at least three years or something. Like give yeah. him three years, give him maybe a little bit extra money. They have the cap space to do it. Uh, but like in a situation like Dalvin Cooks, for example, where you got an Alexander Masson sitting on the sidelines, then why would you really worry about it? They're the same guy. Yeah. The Chargers, you know, Austin Eckler scored so many touchdowns last year, but the Chargers like to get the ball in the hands of many different playmakers. So they could probably make it work without him too. It is a team by team thing. Like Josh Jacobs, he he had a great season last year. I'm pretty sure Zamir White could come close and the Raiders are going to have certain struggles anyway. So I think the majority of the time, the running back getting paid what they want to get paid is not going to be worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I was just looking up um, like McCaffrey probably set the market, but you made a, a great, great point. They run the football. They run pistol. They run the ball down your throat. So they're going to pay their best guy the most money and they have two prolific offensive guys. So they're already paying them. You can't do, you know, so that's where the money went. And I totally agree. Right. The money in terms of the Portland trailblazers is going out of the team because big news in the NBA this off season is what is going to happen with Damian Lillard, very weak free agency class. So not a whole bunch to talk about. So when trade rumors start erupting or, or, like ruminating and then they start erupting now all of a sudden lure wants out but he only wants out to one team he only wants out to the heat and there are rumors that if he gets traded to another team he won't even suit up for them mm-hmm. uh so lillard has served his time in portland for like a very long time he's been super loyal to the franchise but he's getting older and he wants to win but he's also at the same time kind of ruining their trade leverage by requesting to be only traded to one team yeah. So here's the debate, cap or no cap. Is Lillard making reasonable demands? I mean, at, at, like, you know, I'll be like any player, like they should get, you know, the team should fulfill whatever their needs are. But it is it is cap what he's asking. Like the the team's going to have to give up weight, you know, like someone's going to lose. They're going to lose in that trade. Like the Blazers are going to lose in whatever trade they do. They're gonna, I feel like they're just going to lose in that trade. And it's it's definitely going to happen, but it's going to take a long time. And I wouldn't be surprised if it goes through to the middle of the season and doesn't happen to the end. So I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach on this. And I'm going to go. It's not cap that Lord is absolutely justified. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe Lord could have been more truthful along the way, but maybe he just wanted to, you know, remain loyal and see things out with the franchise. But what has the franchise really given back to Lillard? When have they ever, when have they ever really surrounded him with the type of talent that is worthy of an NBA championship And that year that they made it to the Western conference finals, Nick, make no mistake about he was carrying the load. And by the time they got to those finals they are pretty much out of gas. I mean, Lillard's won 
two series on his own on buzzer beaters, so literally carrying the team there. And he was probably, you know, he's waiting, waiting for them to make a move. And, you know, they they tanked this offseason, maybe in the hopes of getting Wimbanyama, which didn't happen. And then once that didn't happen, he was like, yeah, uh, sayonara. Um, so this is just kind of like that that bub- that boiling over point, you know, kind of like when when you, your girl gets mad at you, but she holds it back and she's like, yeah. everything's fine, you're fine. And then one thing happens and then everything comes out. She um, wasn't fine. Yeah, she was never fine. Lowe was never fine. He he's been like this. He's been mad, and now it's finally coming out. And he wants he's he's got um, he doesn't have much time left. He wants a situation that's good for him, which I I really can't blame him. At the end of the day, the Blazers are in control with what they do, um, but you know at the same time they have to find a suitor, and and there's no suitor is going to want to trade for a guy that might not even play for them. So it sucks for the Blazers, but. They really should have handled what was the best player in their franchise history a lot better. I I will say this. Um, as a Nets fan, I'm pretty fucking butthurt that he doesn't want to play for the Nets. But on it, but yeah, that's we all can't, I'll say. We can't that's get him. I'll say. We that's can't get I him. I would love to I would love to get him, but the Blazers want bridges, but Lillard wants to play with bridges, so it's not gonna work. Mm. Point blank, period. All right. Now let's talk about some New York baseball. Mm. Yeah, Holy great. crap. Has this been an exhausting see if, the, see if the Yankees are winning right now? Has this has this been an exhausting Mets season? Um I'm with this, you. This might be I've I've seen the Mets collapse in 07. I've seen them fail expectations massively in 09 and, and 10. Um and then the other failures during the 2010s where they spent a bunch of money, but nothing really compares to how pitiful it's been where all of your batters and pitchers are underperforming and you have the two highest payroll guys in MLB, which was a mistake to begin with, to be honest, but neither of them are pitching like aces and Scherzer and Verlander. Mm -hmm. Then you go on the other side and the New York Yankees star player, Aaron judge is he's hurt. He's dealing with a toe injury. He can't really walk. He's not going to be as effective, which it's, it's a huge blow to the Yankees, but Unlike other sports, in baseball, you don't just have one batter come to the plate. You have nine. And it seems like nobody else in that lineup, despite, you know, many high profile guys in that lineup and on the and on the mound, they're they're in playoff contention still, but they're far and away from where Yankee fans want them to be. So here's here's where I'm gonna go with this one. Um with with all the other emerging teams in baseball, cap or no cap, payroll in baseball is kind of irrelevant at this point um i'm gonna go with uh no it's got to be no cap it's got to be irrelevant i mean i feel like more teams um that are successful now they they're i mean a lot of them make trades i don't know i've 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 been so out of the loop with baseball this is like been the first year i've been following all year around and i feel like most of the teams that are doing good right now they have players that aren't old and like everybody on the Yankees is, I think, old, and I don't know. They just that uh, it's a very it's it's a tough it's a tough question. So I mean, I'm gonna go with no cap because it's irrelevant. Because also the Padres pay all this money to be the best, and then like they don't. It's it's just I don't know. They just explode. I just I've I'm confused at this point. It, <laughs> honestly, that's a good way to put it. I am confused by baseball this season. It's it's been 
quite odd. I mean, you got some teams that are just horrifically bad this year. Um, yeah. You got teams that are very much underperforming and a lot of teams that are coming out of nowhere. Um, what I'm finding is um, I I don't think payroll is as relevant as developing a good farm system and nailing those early draft picks. You look at the Cincinnati Reds, uh, not just Ellie De La Cruz, but the other guys in that lineup, like Jonathan India, Tyler Freidel. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're all kind of came up at the same time and they're all producing right out of the gate. And uh, teams aren't used to it, aren't used to pitching to these guys. Look at the Orioles. Orioles are full of young guys. So young. And they were, they were like a hundred loss team a couple of years ago. Um, Marlins, you know, a lot of Marlins young players are coming up. Marlins are starting to arise. Play. Yeah, they're they're rising to the top. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like arise, arising rising. to the top. They're arising. But yeah, um, it's That's great. I think it just kind of. So you know, I, I actually wasn't even sure you were saying rise, but uh, at my point, the the payroll is kind of relevant because like. You look at the big contracts that are given out, like like a Jacob Degrom, for example. He hasn't played, um, but like you look at like guys. Yeah, like- so they're ca- so you think they're I so then I change mine. I think they're cap. I think it's just all cap because all these guys are getting hurt, and like it's got to be cap because I'm just getting mad thinking about this judge's injury. But continue. Yeah, they're all they're all getting hurt, and all these young guys with no expectations are are out here balling out and um like even Shohei Otani, you know, he hasn't he hasn't gotten that big deal yet. He's he's balling out. It's all about value deals. That's what's winning in the in baseball nowadays. Value deals and young talent. So uh it goes to show like you can pay a pitcher 40 million, but he's not gonna pitch like a 40 million dollar pitcher. And that is precisely where the Mets effed up. Mm. All right. Well hopefully, hopefully our teams turn around by some Godforsaken miracle the baseball gods call to them. It's not too late for the Yankees. Probably too late for the Mets. Uh, but it's never I'm too- there with the Mets. I'll I'll watch the Mets. I'm I'm happy for that. Um, I can't be there for the Yankees, unfortunately. Um, but moving on. NFL is coming up, and we're going to continue some more NFL preseason predictions. And with Chuck today, we're going to go over some award predictions. So we're going to hit the mm. big. The big seven or big eight. Uh, we're gonna start off with the most illustrious, the MVP. Chuck, who's your MVP this year in the NFL? Um, it's it's got to be Mahomes. Uh, he's gonna get his third. He's gonna go back to back. FanDuel's got him at plus seven hundred, and he's got him tied with Burrow and Josh Allen. Um, my my reason, really quick. The AFC West is, I think, a shell of itself, what it looked like last year. And I think, he, again, he's going to sweep through them. His schedule, again, I think is, I don't know if it was the toughest, but he has definitely a shit ton of primetime games. And he's only just going to sh- prove more people wrong because you know there's going to be guys, people out there saying that the Chiefs don't have Tyree Kill again. Their defense is too young. They don't have the Frank Clark or whatever. So I just can't wait. Mahomes. Yeah, it's uh those three guys are at the forefront of the MVP conversation. And I'm gonna go with Burrow as it's his time to shine this year to get that MVP trophy. Yes, sir. The Bengals are rolling in with 
consistency once again same same offense same same oc same head coach they revamped the offensive line they tweaked it a little bit made it a little bit better uh they got mm-hmm. guys coming back and being healthy and i just think burrow is going to have a bit more of a chip on his shoulder with you know everything that happened at afc championship game uh he's going to come back mad and i think he's going to un- unleash this year um he's going to have his best career year yet and he's going to gain that first MVP. And he's got that little bit of an advantage because he hasn't won it yet. Mahomes has won it. And whether whether you like this or not, it is a fact that when when someone has won MVP before, the expectations kind of go up. So when they put up normal MVP numbers, it's like, oh, but he's, you know, he, this is... This he's got to do new. better than last year. I got it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not saying it's right or anything. but No, but he's got to Aaron Rodgers it. He has to Aaron Rodgers it. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive player of the year, which uh, side side note rant, offensive player of the year really should just be the best non-quarterback award. Like they should just name it that. Yeah, I agree. How can the MVP not be also the offensive player of the year? I don't know. Uh, but I digress. Who you got? I have. So for offensive player of the year, I have Justin Jefferson. Um I think he's going to do way better than Jamar Chase. I think he's going to be the offense for the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to throw every fucking play and they'll just give it to Madison on like first and goal. But um, I just, I think they're going to throw it all the time. And I think he's just going to be the guy and he's going to run over every secondary in that division. So I got Justin Jefferson at plus 1400 FanDuel. That's actually some solid odds for the guy who literally just won the award last year. So I really exactly understand. I don't understand that too back. much. Um, but so I was thinking about Jamar Chase, you know, pairing with Burrow, but Burrow also he still got T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. He's still going to be throwing it to them. I'm going to think of a guy who might have to carry their team this year, and I'm going with Mr. Christian McCaffrey. This mm-hmm. is of course assuming he stays healthy, which is not a guarantee of any of these guys. But so let's say they play a full season. Uh, we don't know how like how recovered Brock Purdy will be, you know, if it's gonna or how like even good Brock Purdy is. I mean, he's only played like a handful of games, which he's looked very impressive in. Um, and if if even if Brock Purdy doesn't play, you know, you got Sam Darnold too in in the mix. They're both yeah. both those guys. What they'll have in common, they're gonna rely on CMC a lot. The 49ers are gonna run the ball a lot. CMC is gonna be involved in the passing game, and he's just gonna get so many touches and make the most of it. This is going to be his first full season. I see this as kind of like an AP type year where AP kind of had like his career blossoming at like age 28. Mm. When, when people thought that he was on the downhill, Um, I'm looking for CMC's uh, best season yet, but I will say with this award is extremely wide open. I, I do agree. And it's definitely going to go to a non quarterback. Yeah, that's that's guaranteed. All right, defensive player of the year, Chuck. Who you got for this one? Um, I got TJ Watt. Um, I think he comes back from um injury and from last year, and I think he ultimately wins the uh, award again. He got injured last year, right? Yes, he did. Sure. Yeah, yes, and, and I they were one and seven comes... without him. Exactly. So the like the effect he has on the defense, I think he brings the effect even more, and then fucking just takes over and wins the award. And I think he breaks the sack record. I, I actually really Hot like take. that. I really like that pick. 
um to be different i'm gonna go with micah parsons who i like that too it's, it's hard to believe he hasn't won it yet even though he's been only been in the league two years but he's been such a dominant force and i think he's it, this is his year to shine especially with the fact that the cowboys are going to need their defense to step up because their offensive line is only getting worse and mm-hmm. that's going to lead to a lot more Dak prescott turnovers which means more pressure for the defense to step up and who else to do it but micah parsons all right, now let's go into some fun ones. So, uh, coach yeah. of the year, uh, who, who you got for this one? So I I couldn't really pick, but I feel like um, because their divisions are aren't that good, um, I think Doug Peterson for the Jaguars he could definitely win it. He could take that team and easily win that division. Um, and also, Sean Payton, I think I think he can take Russell Wilson into new heights and. With the offensive players he has, and and uh, with a quarterback that was a shell of himself last year, and has only more room for error, and is so optimistic, I think sky's a limit for Sean Payton, who's already a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, he's at he has he's at plus twelve hundred to win Coach of the Year, Sean Payton and Fanduel. Yeah, uh, in both cases, if Peterson is able to bring the Jaguars like towards the top of the AFC. Like he could definitely be in consideration, and any sort of turnaround for the Broncos will certainly put pain in con- conversation because of how embarrassingly bad they were last year. Mm-hmm. But my pick is Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions because I think the Detroit Lions once again will surpass expectations this year, and mm-hmm. they're going to be one of the top teams in the NFC. And it's it, the momentum is going to carry from over from last year, and the whole world is going to see from the very first day of the season when they play the Chiefs on prime time how hard the Lions play for their coach and how much he's going to get out of a very young team. It's it's going to be so exciting to watch and honestly, I I really think the award is his as long as he wins double-digit games and gets into playoffs. Oh yeah. Speaking of Lions Offensive Rookie of the Year we got Jim. I got Jameer Gibbs because, um, they got they got rid of um Jamal Williams. Yeah. So I I'm like looking at their depth chart like quotes. Craig Reynolds is gonna get the ball also. Well, so, I, so they did add they did add David Montgomery, but Montgomery probably will be the Jamal Williams role, and Gibbs is gonna be what they thought Swift would be. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then yeah, that's why I'm going with Gibbs because I feel like they're just gonna he's electric already enough and I think he's just gonna get at the ball every time and they throw it all the time too, and he's so fast. Plus eleven hundred on FanDuel. Yeah, so I think Gibbs will be absolutely explosive. The question is, will he get the opportunity that this other guy is going to get? And that is Mr. Bijan Robinson, maybe the mm-hmm. most hyped running back prospect in quite some time, maybe since Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's going to get the full workload in Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, Tyler Algier will get mixed in, but he's nowhere near as talented as Robinson is. And the Falcons ran the ball like they're top five in, in running the ball last year. And there's no reason to think that won't continue with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. So Robinson's going to get fed. And in terms of like, you know, the quarterbacks that are playing, I don't really trust the, their offenses to have enough playmakers for them to really accumulate the stats that will be needed to to win that award. So that's why I think Robinson is more of a surefire bet. I like now that. Go- I, I almost went with that one too. I like that one. Yeah, it could be either running backs. Uh, defensive rookie of the year is a bit more of a toss up. So I'm interested to see what you have for this one. 
So I'm I'm just gonna go with um, Jalen Carter um, on the Eagles. Uh, I think he's at plus uh, seven fifty on uh, FanDuel. I just think the Eagles have such a prolific pass rush that he's gonna be opened up on. They're gonna double one of the other guys. I guess they're gonna leave. They would leave the rookie. I think uh, on one on one, but I think he's gonna just fucking take anybody he has in front of him and just throw him to the side and get all the sacks if he's got one on one release. So, and I don't think the NFC East has that good of a of an O line on the other teams. So we'll see. But I think Jalen Carter, and he's got he's got plenty of talent around him, so that the exactly. focus won't be on Carter. So no. he could have more opportunities to open up. Definitely won't. There will be plenty of opportunities for this guy, Will Anderson, who the Texans trade up for. So they obviously see a huge fit in their scheme. And the AFC South offensive lines are pretty putrid. Now with the Jaguars also suspending their left tackle for four games, uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Anderson to get pressure. And he's going to get plenty of playing time. And... uh Compared to some of the other guys on this list, I think Anderson has the best opportunity to put up that those double-digit sack numbers potentially in his first year. Not that I think oh, he's oh, going yeah. to be a, a world beater, but uh, he, I, I like his opportunity. So yes, I think Anderson has has a very good ch- chance to shine. And last one, but not least, the comeback player of the year. This would be an interesting one. Who you got? I got uh I'm going with Broncos here heavy. So Russell Wilson plus three thousand to win comeback player of the year. I mean, the guy he just needs to be Russ. He just needs to be Mr. Unlimited, you know? So hopefully he becomes Mr. Unlimited soon and puts up more more fucking stats than last year. Maybe it takes his team to the wild card. So we'll see. It really doesn't. It's not going to take much for him to improve over last year. But yeah, if he leads the team to the playoffs, I definitely think the award is his to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go with a different option, Mr. Cooper Cup, who you know, people may have like not really forgotten about, but maybe forgot how dominant he was just two years ago. Oh yeah. Uh, with Matthew Stafford back, uh, the same situation applies. Rams still don't have other targets to throw to. And Cup, the only reason he got hurt last year was because of a bad pass from the backup quarterback where he got hurt on because of a low tackle. Now Cooper Cup gets a full season back. And, you know, really what this comes down to is there's just not a whole lot of stories out there of, like, guys getting injured or putting up mediocre seasons where I really think they're going to improve upon those numbers. Uh, I think Cup could – I don't think there's any reason why we wouldn't believe that Cup could improve put up a season quite like he did two years ago and that would certainly net him some sort of reward why not come back player of the year why not why not i feel bad for the rams i don't think they're going to be that good yeah it, the question is can they protect enough to get cooper cup ball we'll see we'll see poor rams yeah poor rams but we are finito and i'm super happy you guys stuck with us because we are back. We're in full force, and the NFL season's just coming around the corner. Oh yeah! Expect more segments, more laughs, more locks. Locks are coming. Locks. We're gonna get our. We're gonna lock some picks in pretty soon. Oh yeah! But until oh, yeah. then, I am Shoop. I'm Chuck. Thank you for tuning in. Peace, Peace. out, guys. See you next time. See ya.